0: Magic. Magic. Who is WFODICKS? Wheelbarrow full of dicks. You don't know those guys? Well, I wasn't going to say it. I want to say it. I get super jealous
1: of a wheelbarrow full of
0: dicks. Dude, shout out to a wheelbarrow full of dicks. Uh, I to every WFO day.
1: Dicks. All right, That's, that does sound suggestive. You are now listening to the Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks Internet Radio Program.
0: Write on a paper. Oh no! I've our from smells like It's a dangerous
1: I am
2: Cancer. Do not say this to someone else. Oh, Judy, I I know how you feel. Like I stubbed my toe while I was rotating on the flagpole. <laughs> Go hang yourself. You have no idea. Don't you dare compare yourself to my pain.
3: Okay, pig. Kneel down and worship me. <laughs>
0: My name is Mike. I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL, on the Twitters. I voted today. Oh, that's really great, drunk. I got a sticker that says so. Oh, I see it's on your your chest there. That's really cute. They they have the same ones every year. I think they they, they updated, but
1: I'm a traditionalist.
0: Oh, they, they, had,
1: they had about four from us to choose from. Oh, they had different ones. Yeah, one was like. Black and white hands touching each other. Black and white hands. You know, just because you like diversity.
0: Oh. And then they had uh, they had some they got they had a couple other ones. And guys, the king of pranks, the albino alligator, popcorn bitch, the Duke of Denim, the man, oh Spice, Jaguar Impressive, Coach T, Mr. Travis Hulse is here, everyone. Hey,
3: boys, uh, I also voted today uh, Yeah, in the quote-unquote most important election of our lives. Yeah, every single one of them, right? They're all important, aren't they, Travis? Every one of them is the most important of our lives. It's, uh, the, the next one will be even more important than this one. So.
0: Democracy is on the ballot. Yeah. That's what I
3: hear. You know I was really excited about? Uh, I was watching... Uh, I finished my Always Sunny in Philadelphia rewatch, but realized that it's a great show to just, like, have in the background. And I have Hulu with ads, and I was thinking, oh, it's great. It's uh, election day. All those goddamn political ads will be gone. But no. No. they're still, still playing them. <laughs> still there today. Should 7 be gone 30. tomorrow. At night? Like, 7.30 tonight. And people... I don't know what they're thinking. Like People are sitting around at home, and all of a sudden they're going to see that Mandela Barnes ad, and it's going to make them get out there and go vote at 7.30 at night. It's 7.30
1: your time, but it's 5.30 in
3: California. Yeah, but you can't vote for a Wisconsin state senator in California.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Travis, coming up after the break, we are going to talk to comedian Ryan Singer. He has a new special out. Uh, It's called uh, The Supernatural. Ryan Singer, I'll tell you what, when you watch his comedy, Travis you just want to be his friend oh, i thought you were gonna say you you just want to laugh no no i mean i do i i do laugh i laugh and i laugh travis uh but like i watched it and i was like god damn it i just want to be ryan singer's friend uh, Men. he he was in ohio when i talked to him by the way guys spoiler alert interview already happened. did you say do you say x-men x-men when i say X-Men? no
3: best friend Best oh, friend. best friend. I thought you said X-Men, and I was thinking, no, oh, you, you're you're thinking of Brian Singer. That's a completely different can of worms.
0: Uh, no, and he brought up a J.D. Vance, Travis. J.D. Vance is going on in uh, Ohio, and I could not remember for the life of me. I remembered we made fun of J.D. Vance. Why did we make fun of J.D. Vance? Uh, it was for this. You Are you a racist? Do you hate yeah. Mexicans? Yeah. <laughs> And I even referenced it. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and remember why we made fun of J.D. Vance. That's I remember right. We That's did. right. He wrote that uh, that hillbilly elegy movie that uh, well, he wrote the book that the movie was based on. Uh, he's a he's an author. Huh. Now he might be a senator. Who knows? Travis, I, I have some really important news. I, I would say that this probably isn't as important as this election, which is the most important election of our lifetime. Uh, but what I saw is that uh, uh, the makers of Dude Wipes now have Dude Bombs. Have you seen Dude Bombs, oh, Travis? Man. Are these uh, bath bombs for you? No. So what happens is y- you go and you take a poop, Travis, it, like in public or like, you know, you're at a party and you're standing in line. Well, I, sh- I should play you the commercial. I pulled the commercial. I love Yeah, play the commercial. Story. Is this the only
1: bathroom?
3: That's his Uh-oh. belly. There's a garbage fire dump burning its way out, and there's no way you're going to be able to keep that secondhand stank to yourself.
2: And it's always at the worst time, too, isn't it?
0: So, what the product is, Travis, is you, mm-hmm. you put one of the, it's like a, like a Tide Pod. Yeah, they're not the first to make
3: something like this, right? Like, so you put it in the toilet, and then it's supposed to absorb all the smell? Like, this isn't new.
0: Yeah, so that when you poop... Like a poopery. It doesn't stink, and then, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed that you pooped. You know know what a very cost-effective alternative to
3: uh, dude bombs is? Don't poop. No. Leave it inside of you. Courtesy flushes. (laughs) Are people not aware of courtesy flushes? I do. I courtesy flush for myself yeah like that first blast you flush immediately yeah well not only that like
1: like, there can't be that many dudes that
3: like for real care right i wouldn't think so but i'm saying like if you've had practice with the courtesy flush you eliminate all of it. Though. Oh yeah,
1: you, you can get it like down and like come out immediately as soon as it comes out. If you know yeah, like you p- do.
0: pretty much nothing. You, I was first... I was mildly interested in this product, Travis, but because you uh, thought it was going to be a bath bomb. Well, I, I watched this commercial for it, and I got really excited because I don't know if you know this about me, but I love music lawsuits. Travis, they're, they're practically my favorite thing, yeah. these music lawsuits. And, and throughout this video, if you listen really closely, Travis. now That's really Richard Marks. Strain your ears. Is it never going to dance again? Because there's, there's several issues with this commercial. What I noticed throughout it is it has audio watermarks in it. it and I, I know this particular one because this is a website that I've used before. Uh, have you ever heard of Pond 5, Travis? I have not. Well, well it, they have a lot of royalty-free music, but you have to pay for it or else you get this. Five. You hear that? I did hear that. That's dude bombs not paying for their, their music and their commercial. <laughs> there is, there's several of these Pond Fives in here. I mean, they sell this shit in Walmart. <laughs> it is not paying for their royalty-free music, Travis. But then at the end of the commercial they broke into a song. And Travis, tell me if, if you can... And now, if they didn't pay for their royalty-free music, do you think that they called Outkast, Travis? So pull the out and blast away that
1: stank. do-do, do So pull the thing out and blast away that stank.
3: <laughs> now, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> that... that portion of that music will be protected by parody rights you
0: think but you can't use it in a commercial absolutely can can. you parody it in a commercial absolutely weird out parodies all sorts of shit and doesn't get
3: all of their uh all of their uh permission and he puts that shit out yeah okay you you guys win this argument I do like the fact that there is uh, audio watermarks throughout the commercial, though. That is very <laughs> funny.
0: I only heard two, but I listened to it twice trying to find Maybe more. Mainly it it's on
3: purpose because it's hilarious. You think? It is very
0: yeah. funny. For yeah. for people who just happen to know what Pond 5 is? Yeah. Uh, well, and Dude, and
3: Dude Wipes is a very kind of grassroots kind of dorky company, right? Like, most of their commercials are really dumb and low budget and, like, obviously, like, A couple of dipshits created this company in their fucking basement or in their garage or something. And they're just like, oh, let's make baby wipes for dudes and put them in little packets that look like condoms, you know. (laughs)
0: So you think that that's part of their charm, Travis? Travis, you seem awfully cynical about these
1: guys. I
0: think this is a little <laughs> bit bigger than a
3: garage or- organization. No way, man. This, was, this wasn't like some brain trust that got together and Travis put together like, some amazing fuck. plan. I had this
1: idea in 1994. I should have just went with it.
3: Yeah. There's a couple of fucking dipshits that were probably on Shark Tank and got, like, denied, and then all of a sudden, somehow, because they, like, made their products they gave them like double entendre names so they like all of a sudden people are like oh fuck and then they started advertising on podcasts
0: and here we are no i think they're probably huge travis i bet like somebody got paid a lot of money to decide to market it's the same baby wipes that other people they just put it in a black package and say it's for dudes and they're like right. yeah
3: i'm gonna wipe my ass with that Oh it's uh there's effervescence in there so every time you wipe your ass it's like
1: you well, shoved an Altoid up scents there. scents
3: too, right? What? Different
0: scents? Yeah, there's a cool mint. Yeah. That's what I use. That's, that's the same
3: bullshit that the uh great or er, is it uh, Sports Clips uh always advertises like, "Ooh, we have a new signature scent in our warm towels we'll put on your face before we give you a haircut." <laughs> like, "Ooh, is <laughs> eucalyptus lavender we created in our sports clips labs like, we have fucking comp- we have espn on so you don't have to talk to us yeah well, you want to watch some golf and not yeah then you don't have to ask me about my kids that i'm raising by myself
0: Ooh. by cutting hair travis i did uh i created america's favorite game show we could just play it if you wanted to i mean we have a guest coming up we could just pl- we'll play the game What do you? well think? i mean
3: you created the game why wouldn't we play the game
0: I uh, I get the Strange Label music submissions, even though Strange Label no longer exists, Travis. R-I- R.I.P. And we're nearing the end of the year, so Christmas songs are coming up, uh, and, and I got the first of them.
3: Uh, oh, God, and- Mike, you know, before we started recording, I said, why do you still have that active? And now that you said Christmas is coming up, I thought about it. Uh, you should probably leave that open forever, uh, so we get that winter break kid resubmitting oh, yeah, no. for the
0: 10th year. Every now and then, Travis, you get something really fun on it. And I think yeah. that it just needs to stay open because, I mean, we still get a ton of submissions. And every now and then one catches my eye. And, and what I got, well, uh, and by the way, they asked me not to play this until December. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm, I'm breaking the rules, Travis, and I apologize for that. Uh, but I thought that maybe it would help us get in the spirit. And I turned it into a game. So, uh, what I noticed in uh, What is the Magic of Christmas, uh, a song by uh, Ian Jackson. What is the Magic of Christmas? When he presented a line, you knew what the next line was going to be because, like, it's going it's to rhyme. And And there's only so many things that have to do with Christmas
3: that could possibly rhyme with the previous thing.
0: Yeah, so uh, it has a theme song. Here's the theme. It's time to play America's new favorite game show. What is, what is the meaning of Christmas? Yeah, it's magic of Christmas. I fucked it up. It's even better that you fucked it up. (laughs) So... I'm gonna play you so we're on a team the line. And then you guys gotta tell me what's he gonna rhyme with it.
3: Okay. Um, here Sweet. We, here we go. How many got?
0: Three. What is the magic of Christmas. What makes it special for you? What is the magic of Christmas? What makes it special for you? Glue. glue do it's the easiest one few tree is there just one reason or are there others too oh christ
3: i thought see here (laughs) here i'm thinking it had to do with christmas like the word that we are rhyming is going to be a christmas thing
0: No, it's whatever the easiest one is, Travis. Okay, got it. Let's do it. All right, let's go. What is the magic of Christmas that thrills us year on year?
2: What
1: was that last word? word? Something with cheer. You think it's cheer? Holiday cheer.
3: Did it say year? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely cheer. It's definitely cheer, huh? That makes us feel so
1: happy fills us with good cheer.
2: Of course it's cheer, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it
1: it's holiday cheer, not good cheer. Wow, this guy. <laughs> Terrible.
3: This guy. What is the magic of Christmas?
0: But still holds good for today.
1: Today. Okay. Something play
0: the magic of Christmas that never goes away. Right. <laughs> you guys didn't do too good at this one.
3: I thought no, it was a slam not. dunk. Well, listen, the first one I completely misunderstood the rules when it, I thought for <laughs> sure. It wasn't it was very Christmas well words. thought up,
0: Travis. I just thought that it would be it'd be fun to get in the Christmas yeah. spirit. I'm not yeah. feeling it yet, Travis. Like I I well, like um, my head was wrapped around Christmas the, words, the Christmas, Christmas themes. It, and it was so. just words. It see. It seems like they're they're trying to make me get in the spirit. Oh, you went
1: to a fucking Menards or something. I'm not there yet though.
0: <laughs> I thought maybe I could I could help. I could help them move it along a little bit.
1: You been to Menards lately? No.
0: There? Yeah. It's,
1: it's fucking. I
3: usually get in the mood for Christmas. Uh, I don't know about uh, 3 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and mm. then I'm over it by. Uh, you guys have Menards, right? December 26th. Oh, yeah, of course.
0: You save yeah. big money there. Yeah. And that's where you send the rebates, Drunk. Yeah, it is do. to Wisconsin.
3: They're already puking Christmas. Save big money. Save big money when Gosh. you shop Menards. I, I love Menards, personally.
0: This is not an ad. Yeah. I send a whole bunch of those save 11% off rebates out to Wisconsin, Travis.
3: You know, yeah, I think of course you
0: do. Wisconsin really is like a hub of all things.
3: Yeah. Culver's, Menards, serial killers, serial killers, yeah, murderers. It seems like it, it, all roads lead there. You got like yeah. a thousand lakes or something. No, that's Minnesota. Oh, uh, the Big Apple. How many lakes
0: do you guys got?
3: <laughs> well, probably nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Apple's up there. The Big Apple, Big Cheese. <laughs> We're the Big Cheese. <laughs> he,
0: that's New York. Is the Big Apple actually the no New York started go- <laughs> as
3: the big oyster did you know that really the big fish in town uh no well yes yeah, before the uh, Hudson was uh poisoned by yeah. uh, humans <laughs> uh, there's a lot of oysters that uh, washed up there and they uh always they had carts carts upon carts upon carts of oysters in like the 1920s and things and uh, they were known for their amazing oysters and people would come from Europe to eat delicious delicious oysters and then industrialization took over uh, you know people destroyed that and now they got to shop there them damn Canadians ruined the river exactly (laughs) Yeah, those filthy (laughs) filthy Canadians uh, polluted downstream and uh, now they got to ship out for their oysters and uh, hence the
0: big apple
1: yeah and then you got like uh, that upper peninsula thing too right uh
0: no I don't think so (laughs) don't have that peninsulas we, don't we got what, peninsulas we don't up here. Know what the fuck we're talking about, Travis. <laughs> we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Ryan Singer, he's a comedian. He's got a new special coming out. It's called uh, The Supernatural. Looking Mike wants to about. be his best friend. I do. I want to be his best friend, Travis. Uh, and it went really well. And I think that we're well on our way. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just going to start calling him. Yeah. Know? Why wouldn't you? Travis, like, remember? You- we, hey, remember we talked that time? Do you remember when uh, we had John Popper on the show and then Matt just started texting him? Yeah. <laughs> didn't he, like, just, like,
3: continuously text him when, like, a new fast food item came out and shit?
0: Yeah. And, like, John Popper didn't know who he was talking to, but he replied. He, he did. Yeah. He'd text Matt back and be like, like, uh, Matt was, like, uh, sending him uh it, We probably shouldn't tell people that we did that. It makes us sound untrustworthy. Uh, but it wasn't us. It was Matt. Here is Mike with a quick update on the WFOD Hollywood Fantasy League. Jody Banana's got 46 points out of Black Adam, combining its $111 million with a really bad 41% Metacritic. His first-round pick isn't coming out, so that's his biggie. There's no question we're going to come in first. We have fucking Avatar and Black Panther. It's interesting, though, who is going to come in last. Jody has Puss in Boots, and Brandon has the Whitney Houston movie. So we'll see. Look forward to additional updates as they become available. WFOG.
2: I love magic too. Uh, More specifically, I love chaos magic. People are like, what's chaos magic? Is it like, is this your card? No, that's magic done chaotically. Uh, I'm talking about jerking off on a candle in the woods by yourself to get what you want. (laughs) You know, the fun kind of magic. Just don't do it up close. Um, I like to use a sigil. A sigil is a magic-looking symbol that I draw on a piece of paper. represents something I want. Jerk off on it, burn it in a candle, sit back, and I get it, right? Um, It's just that easy. My mom thinks it's a little weird. The crystals and the magic, it's just so weird. And I have to remind her that she's the woman who sent me to the Catholic school for 12 years where every Friday morning at 8 a.m. I had to eat the flesh and drink the blood of my eternal savior. But now I got some shiny rocks in my pocket and I'm a weirdo, okay, my. No war has ever been waged in the name of rose quartz. People think the sex magic part is weird and I get it. Like, I just don't understand that. And I was like, well, I'm gonna be jerking off every day anyways. Who cares if there's a candle and a piece of paper around when I do it? It doesn't make me a witch because I had a gift card to Michaels, you know? (laughs) Is Home Depot better than other stores?
1: Maybe. But one thing is certain. There isn't a retail chain on earth that can match the fuckability of this music that we use in our commercials. Also, our drills are 20% off this week. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
0: Delete my Spotify And he was like, I'm sick of Joe Rogan spreading all of this misinformation about vaccines If Spotify is going to let him, like, um, say all of this trash on the app Then I want them to take my musical So then Spotify was like, all right, well, we'll take your musical, your Neil Young This is Joe Rogan, we paid him millions of dollars You know what I mean? Like, and I get it, because Spotify was never going to quit Joe Rogan. You give a guy a hundred million dollars, you're going to keep the guy that you gave a hundred million dollars to. Is Chris Brown on there? I hate to spoil it. Chuck Berry filmed lady sitting on the toilet. The guy from Lost Prophets tried to fuck a baby. And did Vince Neil kill a guy? Or am I going crazy? platform Platformers are Kelly and Bill Cosby. Face and sang the soundtrack to me beyond the sea. Delete my spot Spotify. Gigi Allen's on there. That guy's a psycho. Delete my Spotify.
1: Presence of mind. <sighs> <sighs> Once again. WFOD, wheelbarrow full of dicks.
0: Guys, welcome back our guest tonight is a stand-up comedian he has a new special that you can watch for free on youtube called the supernatural uh ryan singer is on the program
2: hey how you doing can you hear me okay is my i can adjust my level no you sound good okay cool cool oh dude i have the i used to have the exact same colored light bulb that would change colors
0: I don't think I know. I think it has a remote or something, and I can't find it. So it, it just one hundred
2: percent has a remote. It one hundred percent has a remote control. So you're stuck with green. Although if you t- is it a touch lamp or is it a
0: no? No, it turns on and off. It's been on for like three or four years. I should probably turn it off at some point. But
2: if you tu- I think there's ways to also adjust it by like maybe clicking off and on, off and on. Oh, you think?
0: Ryan, Let's try this out.
2: Let's try it out. I could be wrong. but
0: Turn it on and off real quick.
2: Yeah, maybe it's not working. I think mine was because it was a touch lamp, so I could do it. If I touched the the lamp itself, it would do that. But yeah, you definitely need the remote control 100%.
0: (laughs) It's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Hey, well, I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. When you put out your album a couple years ago, the I, and I, it was it was free, but it was on Spotify, so that's that's where I listened to it. So you probably made a good uh, fifteen cents or so off me. But <laughs> yeah, free love. I
2: think uh, I think that's the album you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was a uh, fun album to put out in Blonde Medicine, my buddy Dom over there. I guess it was the beginning of twenty or the middle early twenty eighteen, and I said I've got this idea for an album. You're the only record label I'm really reaching out to about it because I want it to be free. And I, I figured you'd, you'd be the one guy who get it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, there's other record labels who probably would have got it as well, but Dom's always been a blonde Medicine's always been a huge supporter of me from back in the rooftop comedy days and things like that. So, and he, he's like, you know, I love this idea. Let's do it. So, uh, had a ton of fun making that album. And Troy Conrad, who's, you know, become pretty well known, I think, for his comedy store photos mm-hmm. uh, lately. He's uh, he did the uh, photography for the album. Uh, Rami ne- Nazer did the artwork of just like the titles and like the heart that's on the cover of the actual CD. it's also the JPEG, I guess, for iTunes and Spotify and stuff. That was just a real fun project. Uh, the, the really funny David Perdue, who's a comedian based out of Atlanta. He and I were making a drive from, I think, Atlanta to Nashville one day for a gig. And we were talking about music and like SoundCloud. How SoundCloud at one point made... uh, God, why can I not remember (laughs) the musician's name now all of a sudden? But uh, he's like incredible. He's like a global superstar now. But started out just by putting his stuff out free on SoundCloud, like so many artists do, I suppose. But And I was like, oh, man, I love that idea of just having a free album that's where that seed got planted for that out for free love
0: well that kind of seems to be the way things are going it seems like a lot of people are just putting it out for free on youtube now is that just because i guess really the special is just an advertisement to get people to want to go to your shows right
2: i mean ideally people come and see the uh the live shows because i i I, you know i'm obviously biased because i perform the live shows but there's such a difference between seeing comedy live and and watching it on your computer or television or listening to it on your car radio or iPod or whatever iPod iPhone. Um, It's such a visceral experience when you're actually in the room with other people sharing laughter and the energy. It's just amazing. Like I've never, this was my first special after roughly 20 years in comedy. Yeah. And I mean, there's no excuse for me to have waited this long to put an hour on, on film or tape, as they say, but I just, I just never been, I guess. Um,
0: so you were actively avoiding it?
2: No, no, that's 100% not the case. Oh, okay. I just, I just actively am bad at that side of comedy. I don't spend time thinking about business promotion, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's really difficult for my brain to get into that and want to lock in and kind of thrive in that space, even though, you know, I know it, it would have served me better yeah. if I would have done that uh, earlier in my career, but I'm not really that concerned about it. Um, You know, f- so for me, it's, it's, it's like a representation of, you know, what I've become as a comedian, the supernatural, the special that just came out. Yeah. And And yeah, it's an advertisement to like, hey, you should come see me do stand up comedy live Mm -hmm. because I'd love to sell more tickets. That's for sure. Right. (laughs) Um, And, but it's also a, I don't know, I think it's a good representation of who I am as a stand up comedian for people who have never heard of me, which is, you know, a lot more people than I would hope after all these years doing it. So if nothing else I hope people really enjoy it um even if they never see me come uh or never see me do a live show or come to a show right I hope I hope they enjoy it and I hope they get something from it and more specifically I hope they I I don't want to like provide people escapism from like the reality of our world or whatever that might be but I do want to provide people moments of enjoyment, laughter, and where they can understand that stand up comedy can be beautiful and it can be fun and it can be infused with love and light uh, and lightheartedness and ridiculousness with some seriousness <laughs> involved. It's, you know, cause I mean, I feel like comedy in the last, specifically in the last like five to seven years. And I'm not saying this is bad, uh, you yeah. know, just. To be very clear about this, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but comedy has been kind of dominated by the darkness lately.
0: And I think it's been whether, more than five or seven years.
2: Well, I mean, it's like, but it was in the last five to seven years that like the roast battles, you know, right, just right, yeah. inherently tearing people down, you know, like, <laughs> uh, or making fun of people, things like that. But, you know, for laughter, yeah. um, you know, became incredibly popular comedy started becoming edgy for the sake of being edgy without worrying about making people laugh, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, to some degree. And for me, that was always number one was the laugh and sure. We all want to like say something maybe or, or have a point or, you know, maybe, (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. Make people think about something they maybe never considered before, but at the end of the day, you do, I do want to make people laugh and I don't think there's any rules about standup comedy. And, the people who get really, really upset about certain things are the ones who think that there are rules that pertain to stand-up comedy. And when at the end of the day, there are no rules. And, you know, it's kind of like that old saying about people mostly get really upset or disappointed when they've had unreal expectations that weren't spoken that other people didn't realize were there. So these people let them down without even realizing they're letting them down because the person never said what they expected. Right. Um, it's kind of similar to that I think with stand-up comedy. There's there's people who go into it with expectations about what it should be, and those expectations have been formed through, you know, the heyday of Comedy Central showing people what stand-up comedy looks like or sounds like when in fact there was so much more stand-up comedy going on in the world that was not being represented, you know. And the last 10 years have been great because of podcasting and of representation of diverse voices finally being infused into stand-up comedy and that's why stand-up comedy is so popular uh it's because of the diversity that happened the explosion of diversity that happened people are like oh comedy's in like another heyday this is great i wonder why well it's like well that's it's pretty simple it's pretty clear why it's the infusion of diverse voices I'm not saying everybody who looks like me or sounds like me tells the same jokes as I do because I'd, I'd really <laughs> like to think they don't. And I'd really like to think I have a unique voice in the world and the landscape. But I'm not trying to be that person when I say that, you know, darkness kind of really took the spotlight and stand up for right. like the last five to seven well, years. And I and think if, not
0: if I were to tell somebody that your, your stand up is, it, it is very positive. Uh, but I think that maybe people will think that like you're clean then, or like the, that you you, <laughs> you you know what I mean. Like if if, if, yeah. if I tell somebody, oh yeah, you know Ryan's comedy is it's really positive, and and you know he takes a break to tell everybody in the audience that he loves them and stuff. That they'll just assume, oh yeah, well he's he probably does like a you know a Barney act or something, and and <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh,
0: I'm it, not uh,
2: filthy, but my language is uh dirty
0: yeah yeah um, i mean you're uh i think you you're unique in that way in that uh you're you're both not clean and very positive uh which is great it's it's different it's and maybe there is a million of you i don't know but i i don't know well, i not. mean yeah certainly there's i used to do a joke
2: about how like none of us are unique no how no matter how um Special or unique, we think we are. There's at least three or four other people on, on the planet doing the exact same thing at the exact same moment. I mean, I appreciate you saying that because I mean, I've had a career that has spanned many different iterations and you know, my journey through stand up and trying to figure out the craft and the art of expressing my voice and what I think is funny to the best of my ability on stage into a microphone, which is a very unnatural environment. And so trying to be natural in an unnatural environment, I think a lot of people will talk about trying to find your voice and things like that when it comes to stand up comedy. And I think what we don't talk about nearly enough in that coincides with finding one's artistic voice is finding one's comfort level, you know, in this unnatural environment, doing something that, you know, has come naturally to us usually for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, finding jokes, being funny making people laugh and, but then doing that in a very formalized and like, boom, unnatural kind of environment. It's its own journey and, and finding that out and finding out how to do that best and how to make things translate and how to communicate your point of view to an audience. Yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, that's all I really want to do is I just want to try to figure out how I can be the closest version to myself and what I think is funny to people. Right. And if I can keep inching closer and closer to that, I think that's where, you know, genuine pleasure comes from, you know, the exercise of craft.
0: I think that you're just a really good talker and you decided to be funny like I, I think you probably could have very easily been a been a cult leader or something. did you ever consider that just like starting a cult or
2: well uh, I've never considered uh get people you know, starting a cult but i did, <laughs> i did uh when I was a kid, I did want to be a priest yeah and i was I was real locked in I mean I had the mass the Catholic mass member I was Roman Catholic um that's how I was raised. I had pretty much the whole mass memorized by the time I was about 11 years old to the point where we even had a deacon from the church. My parents brought a deacon from the church over to our house to talk to me about what it means to answer a vocation, the call of God to, to be in, you know, his service for life. Right. Yeah. So we actually had like a guy who was almost a priest, but you know, a deacon who's just like the minor leagues of
0: priesthood. It's like an apprenticeship.
2: Is yeah, that- I think it's like when you're when you're going through like the uh, if I'm not mistaken, when you're going through the seminary and all that kind of stuff to become a priest, you know they they put you to work, oh, right? Okay. You help out during ceremonies, you you help out with other stuff, and so he came over to discuss with me what it means to, you know, and the commitment that's involved and all that kind of stuff. And I don't really remember a lot from that conversation. Yeah, I just remember. The word vocation I, that's the only thing that really stuck out to me was like oh, it's like a vacation, but it's a vocation, <laughs> yeah. but this doesn't sound like a vacation. This sounds like a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> you know because like, that's how serious I was about it at the time as a kid, to where you know you even have someone from the church come over to talk to this little kid about it do they um,
0: they start you real early to come talk to you as a kid? do you like go into a program that young or
2: no, no. I mean, this was a thing because my parents reached out because like our kid won't shut up about wanting to be a priest. <laughs> we need to bring a priest type person over here to talk to him about what it's like to be a priest. Yeah. Right. Um and after I would have graduated high school, I could have went in probably. I I'm sure as soon I'm sure as soon as I was eighteen, I probably could have joined the seminary or whatever it is. But um It's not like a program you sign up for necessarily. This was a thing that happened because I wouldn't shut up about it. So my parents were like, well, maybe we should, you know, bring someone over to talk to him about it. If he really wants to do this, which I guess is great that my parents would have done that. Like if I would have said I wanted to be a major league baseball player, I should, you know, maybe they would have brought Dave Parker over, uh, to the house, which would have been really cool.
0: Yeah, I I wanted to be Ozzy Smith specifically, Ozzy Smith, not not a professional <laughs> baseball player. I wanted the way to
2: you wanted to be able to do backflips, yeah. standing still. Right. Uh, it d- it didn't
0: work out though.
2: Yeah, for either one of us. Um,
0: <laughs> what was luckily. it? What was it that uh, made you not want to do that? Did you just uh, get to an age where? Yeah, I hit puberty basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do.
2: Generate... And you know, there was a, the choice was clear at the time.
0: Why the creepy school actually i didn't realize it was a creepy school until about halfway through it i was like wait the audience is sitting at, at desks what wait there's lock was that a set or were you actually in a school
2: that's so funny because uh Stephen fine Arts, who's a brilliant director people might know him from the bitter buddha documentary eddie pepitone um he was the director and
0: does he do stuff that- with todd glass because that name sounds familiar
2: i mean Steve he's done stuff with Almost everybody in comedy. Yeah. So if there's a stand up you know about, you know, chances are he's in some way done some
0: some okay. projects. Or yeah, the, the name, side, it might be just the same last name, but that name sounds
2: familiar. Yeah. And um he made that choice, I think not in the 11th hour, but it was pretty close to, you know, the filming moment where he's like, you know what, maybe it would be interesting if we brought some desks, school desks in. <laughs> I mean, people couldn't be, the only problem was people couldn't be like as tightly packed in up yeah. front. I was like, you know what? I mean, this is your, you know, I love the art of what you do yeah. as a director. This is not my call. This is your call. If you think it's going to, you know, be cool and unique or whatever's going to work out, I, you know, I, I put all my trust in that. And uh, so I was like, let's go for it. So yeah, those were sc- actual school desks from the school, post-town elementary school which is in post town Ohio, which is kind of a bubble inside of, it's kind of like an unincorporated little area inside Middletown, Ohio, which is uh, Southern Ohio, about halfway between Dayton and Cincinnati. Okay. So it's a real, you know, there's, it's right by, you know, there's a river that runs through, I mean, it's a really interesting, uh, part of the country. And I mean, some people, if they ever watched that movie, Hillbilly Elegy written by that, you know, idiot who's running for Senate, um, that's where it takes place. It's in uh, Middletown, Ohio. Who,
0: who is uh, that? Uh, J.D. Vance, the G- author
2: who's now running for Senate. And like, he's oh, just he- a, <laughs> he's just a, he, you know, he went, he, you know, he, he's one of these guys who, and I, I don't want this to be a political thing. Yeah. He went, he went from like hating Trump to realizing, well, if I love Trump, I have a better chance of getting <laughs> elected. So now he kisses Trump's ass. He's just a clown. You know, I don't and, know
0: anything about him, but he had uh, an ad that was really funny that we played and made fun of uh, because he said something stupid. I don't even remember what it was now. I guess I'll probably pull it and reference it later. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't that, nice. that does
2: not surprise me at but, all. But yeah, I don't, and, I
0: don't, I don't know anything about him. Uh, he he's an Ohio yeah. guy. You know, he spent some time
2: growing up in Middletown. Oh, and apparently. I mean, I, I don't live in Ohio anymore. This, yeah. that's, I am currently in Ohio right now with uh, seeing some family, but you know, I do care about what happens in Ohio. Sure. And, and I am also v- incredibly biased in this particular election because I went to college with Tim Ryan, who was running against him. And by went to college, I mean, I was a pledge in the fraternity when he was the president of the fraternity. <laughs> so I kind of know Tim Ryan, yeah. who he's running against. And even back then, 25 years ago, we knew that Tim Ryan was going to be president someday. I mean, the guy, that's all he really cared about. I mean, as far as he, you know, he just wanted to inspire greatness in people through leadership. Right. And, you know, he had a very clear focus, even back then when he was 21 years old, that he wanted to lead and wanted to inspire greatness in people. So I am incredibly biased uh, against J.D. Vance for multiple reasons, but the point is, it's the part of the country where he bases his book about, where he talks about growing up, and
0: that wasn't an really overly part
2: of all. overly
0: positive about where it was, was it? I I, th- I no, saw the I Netflix mean, movie. I didn't read the book.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw the Netflix movie too. Yeah, and you know, part of the uh, apparently a big part of the book resonated with a very large segment of the conservative popu- population about like this unknown. And I haven't read the book. So I'm speaking yeah. about what someone who read the book told me. Right. <laughs> you know, they said, well, the interesting part, of, they said the interesting part about that book was how he touches on this, like, this mystery anger that people feel in this region of the country. You know, people who supposedly, you know, had every chance to succeed. Basically, we're talking about like conservative, straight, white people, right? Yeah. Why are they so angry? Why are they so mad? And, it he doesn't answer the question apparently but he he brings up this weird rage that exists in this yeah. part of the country and i don't know if it has to do with like you know you know big factories and big industry abandoning the area um especially in southern ohio in the last 15 years 20 years but um that could have a lot to do with it um i mean downtown dayton's half of it's kind of a ghost town but um anyway it's, uh yeah, so I mean, there's, yeah, so it's not like a love letter to Southern Ohio necessarily, right. but, um you know, there's a ton of people who live in this area who are not what he depicts this area to be uh, in the movie. Right. So not everybody's just like stupid hillbilly, <laughs> like, we don't like when you call us a redneck or hillbilly, because I'm a redneck, not a hillbilly, or whatever he says in the movie, I forget. <laughs> but like, there's a distinction between redneck and hillbilly. It's like,
0: okay trying to think of what it would be and i don't know what it is i'm not even a venture i guess
2: i mean i grew up here so like i i grew up with you know and i had a fish hook on the bill of my hat when i was a teenager that's really you cool. know what i mean right like so is that a redneck or is that a hillbilly um i mean i lived in the suburbs
0: are, are um, i think rednecks uh wear the badge prouder i'm just making stuff up you know they're they're uh yeah, I don't think anybody
2: truly knows the difference or if there, if there really is one and whatever the difference is, I'm sure it's not great. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure totally. it's, it's disparaging to <laughs> one or the other or if not both. And it's funny because I did spend, you know, I spent my summers on a farm uh, or, or a lot of time, you know, cause my grandparents had a farm and uh, north of Dayton and I spent a lot of time out there doing farm stuff. So I feel connected to rural America. You know, I also grew up kind of in the suburbs. Well, not kind of. I grew up in the suburbs of Dayton. So I feel connected to that, to the suburbs. So I kind of, you know, but I spent a lot of my time as a grown-up in cities, you know, downtown areas at clubs and things like that. So I do feel connected to like the rural, the the, the urban and the suburban uh, parts of this country. And the one thing I've learned through being lucky enough to be able to do stand-up comedy for 20 years and for traveling for, you know, the better part of 10 to 15 is doesn't matter where you go in this country, whether you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or uh, if I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, or if I'm in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Houston, Texas, and you know, the suburbs of Houston, it's like, sure, the, the demographics of who you're looking at might look different right. depending on what what part of the country you're at. But at the end of the day, at least in comedy clubs, people come together and as a group from all different belief systems and ethnic backgrounds and you know, genders and sexual preferences. And for the most part, we're all laughing at the exact same stuff. Right. This human this, the human experience. And you know, you realize that we're not nearly as divided as everyone on the news or the, you know, the magic box tries to tell us. When we're actually in a space with with each other, yeah. When we're actually in the physical world, interacting with one another, it's not nearly as crazy or civil wars here, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's you know, go to the grocery store and tell me if civil war is getting ready to break.
0: Yeah. Up. Yeah. It it seems like when you go somewhere there's, there's not really, I mean, there's people that get, you know, maybe a little bit, uh, uh, snippier quicker than maybe they would have 10 years ago. And, and I, I've noticed that, uh, people drive crazier than they used to, but that's all silly stuff. You know, that doesn't really.
2: Yeah. And I think maybe that's just the inevitable evolution of driving. I, I got this theory that like your car is like your Iron Man suit. Yeah. People think they're invincible inside of this Iron Man suit. <laughs> and I mean, there's no other explanation for it. I mean, because it's like, it's like an extension, just like our clothing is an extension of our skin. Uh-huh. Right. I think a car also becomes like an extension of our skin. And I think that's why so many people, are so obsessed with the appearance of their car, which I never wash my car unless it's like, I cannot see out the windows, right? I'm like, who gives a shit what my car looks like? <laughs> I'm inside of it. <laughs> I cannot see the outside of my car. Yeah. Because I am inside of it, right? Who cares, right? Or who cares what my car is, as long as it works and does what I want it to do, um, you know, efficiently, But so many people are like washing their car like once a week or multiple times a week. And it's like, because it's like their appearance, right? It's like their skin. Yeah, you don't want to look like a
0: hooter. Yeah, so it becomes who we are once we're inside of it, right? I'm a big car wash guy just because I think I like going through it. And and I, I think I just enjoy the experience, really. Just, are you a hand wash guy are you no get no your car I, I go get my car washed and oh, go through okay. the conveyor okay, thing hey. and there's a bunch of lights and they suddenly oh, so
2: them. you drive through the thing where it's like you're yeah. inside like the belly of a mechanical whale
0: yeah yeah i think that's just I, maybe that's the fun part really that's it, fun
2: i mean yeah i i didn't know people i didn't know they still had those i guess i'm just talking about like those places where you go and
0: I don't know. You kind of like pay
2: somebody and they clean your car.
0: No, I don't know what's going on, but they're popping up all over the place here. Like we have maybe seven or eight of them within a couple of miles of us here.
2: It just, oh, that's crazy! Well, that's great. I mean, like that is fun going through like the the large brushes kind of consume you. But yeah. living in Los Angeles, I'm kind of you know extra hyper conscious of water conservation. And even though I know that water is not drinkable that they're using. I still just kind of part of me feels like, oh, maybe I shouldn't just be washing my car all the time when there weren't a, like an epic historical drought.
0: Is, is that all um, the, the almonds? I think Bill Maher said it's all the almonds, right? If, if we, you guys just got rid of almonds, then things would be okay.
2: I think, uh, I mean, I don't know enough about it to, <laughs> to, to say one way or the other. I just know that.
0: I'm pretty sure uh, he said, Just you get rid of the almonds and your Um, troubles are over out there. Yeah. I mean, you
2: tell that's all the almond farmers.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And, you know, we'll see, you know, Bill Maher's an interesting character because during the Trump years, conservatives started liking Bill Maher a little bit because I think of his uh, what was it? He was saying things that were being, you know, pretty construed if not just blatantly like anti-muslim um so like this weird thing where bill maher was like the antichrist to conservatives became kind of like welcomed into the fold a little bit because of his islamophobia it was just i i i can't keep up with it and i and i actually i make a choice not to when it comes to certain things like that but um I'm sure it's a little more complicated than just the almonds. <laughs> but for the sake of his comedy show,
0: uh, I'm sure almonds works. You kind of stick to the the fun stuff like Bigfoot and and ghosts and stuff, and you steer clear of like uh like uh the Illuminati lives under the airport and stuff like that. Oh,
2: when you are you talking about like uh, conspiracies and the
0: paranormal and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you avoid well, kind of the gross ones?
2: No. I mean, I'll tell you, I I used to be really into conspiracy theories many years ago, like 15 years ago. I was into conspiracy theories before it was cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but then I quickly, well, not quickly, I slowly realized that at the bottom of every rabbit hole, someone's trying to sell me a bunker. Yeah. And Alex Jones was the biggest, I was like, there's no difference between what Alex Jones is doing and what Rush Limbaugh is doing. They're using fear to try to sell me something. And um, I don't know people now now. And, and I started noticing this trend that slowly, but surely everything started having a conspiracy theory attached to it. And I, and I just remember making a decision like I'm not going to be able to stay into this stuff. If every Thing is now a conspiracy. <laughs> Every single thing. And I'll tell you what pisses me off the most. So many conspiracy theorists who are going to bark at you all day long, try to tell you to wake up. You're part of the woke mob. You don't really know what's happening. Who have never heard of the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, which are bullshit, anti-Semitic propaganda that were fabricated and plagiarized. And so much of the conspiracy theory language today comes from those bullshit documents. And, you know, people are like, well, you can't deny that there's a new world order that the super rich are controlling the world. And I was like, well, there's a big difference between being like, you know what? I can understand that there's a lot of super rich people who pull a lot of the strings for everything. Are they all working together for some master insidious plan? Uh, You know, I honestly, I don't have that information. But what I can tell you is population control is one of the big things that they always talk about. And the population of the world has been booming for as long as I can remember. So the New World Order is comical how bad they are at doing and enacting <laughs> their agenda. And I've been trying to work on a joke about this. So, like, I don't steer away from the nasty stuff necessarily. But here's my theory the, the more serious or the darker something is, it's my goal and my job, I think. To make it palatable, right, or to make you know, to make people laugh about it, which means it has to be more ridiculous, right? Yeah. So what I do with it has to be more ridiculous. So the more serious, the more ridiculous the joke has to be for me, right? To to balance out the scales, because people don't want to go to a comedy club and just hear someone on stage yelling about how Trump's a fascist, big and blah 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 blah, right? Yeah. you know, they don't. People are like, I came here to laugh. Um now if you can say that and make it really, really, really funny, then that's great, right? But um it's difficult. You know, when people become so emotionally invested into certain like I've got this one clip on TikTok that is it's just maybe like, you know, 50 seconds from the special. And it's from this really it's from this much larger bit about gun control and guns. Yeah. And that that little clip you know, out of context from everything else oh sure, is just I mean, I've never had anything go get as many views as fast and have so many comments. There's a constitutional debate in the comments section. I can't keep up with it i I try not to even look at the comments just because I can't handle that kind of negative energy coming at me from like hundreds of people at once. Uh, <laughs> you know it's like it does have an effect <laughs> on my mentality, but um and these people don't realize that they're feeding the algorithm. And the only reason that clip has so many views is because they're so, because people can be so like engaged by hatefulness. Oh, and, sure. And, yeah. And no, I, th- I think
0: that that's propped up on purpose to keep you engaged.
2: Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the few comments I did respond to were just like, Hey, thanks for feeding the algorithm, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Those keywords from the Fox news hive are great uh someone else will come in with the cnn hive mind keywords and boom this thing's going to have and then they can all fight views. with each other
0: yeah exactly and, and that's share what they're your doing. video yeah
2: and that's exactly what's been happening <laughs> and i'm not a guy who's like oh i should just do this with all my videos
0: oh yeah like, more of the same this worked. Yeah. let's do more of it
2: yeah so i i don't that's not what um that's that's not what i'm trying to do this one just kind of happened um But, you know, at the end of the day, I like, I like stand-up comedy. Uh, You know, I I really love making people laugh. And I do think that, you know, my comedy is unique. And after 20 years, I think I finally just have to like start admitting that like, you know, it's okay for me to admit that I think I'm pretty damn good at stand-up comedy. And if someone gave the special a chance, I think they're going to see an hour, uh, an hour of stand-up comedy that maybe they haven't seen before. It's okay to own that and not come off as like some egomaniacal monster. Um, I just want people to enjoy it and I want more people to see it and uh, you know, get enjoyment from it. And, and I want to make people laugh. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. And we'll see if I can ever figure out how to make some of these, even the darkest of the dark, the funny, which I hope to be able to do. But, Um, because I think it also can do a favor. Like if we can laugh at ourselves and if we can have a sense of humor about the things we believe in, we cannot be an asshole. And it's hard to remember that sometimes because we believe this stuff for a reason, man. But as long as I can still laugh at myself, I at least am giving myself a chance not to be an asshole because no one wants to listen to an asshole. Right. Maybe they do. But well, maybe they do. Probably, well, the they, algorithm they wrong.
0: Yeah, the, the algorithm has <laughs> propped up a lot of assholes lately. Right, guys. The special—it's called "A uh, Supernatural." The Supernatural. Uh, it's on YouTube for free. And uh, yeah, good luck with the special. Hope uh, hope we can get you a couple clicks, man.
2: I appreciate that. And just so people know, I filmed a paranormal investigation series that comes out on the eleventh of. November at that same school, filmed at the same weekend. Oh. It's called the bridge.
0: So RyanSingerComedy.com has got everything. RyanSingerComedy.com. Ryan, thank you, man. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Appreciate this. You, was fun. Man. Yeah. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Bye.
3: interviews at like uh, Monday afternoon, like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, oh, I just got done talking to this guy, and their little chat message is like, what? And it's like, oh yeah, that's right, he had an interview at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon today.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I have weird days off, so I uh, sometimes I'm able to well, that, and that's
3: cool. what I think we lose a lot of opportunities because the, all these people they're they're working during the day, just like we're working during the day. But they want to do the PR during yeah, the day, yeah, during their work day. Their
0: work is to promote their things. Right, and this is not our work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the disconnect. So, right, uh, we're we're trying to bridge that a little bit, Trevor. To... So, so to help us be make this our
3: work. Just go ahead and become a verified WFOD user, eight dollars a month, and you'll get a blue check mark, and uh, we'll be verified WFOD
0: fan. Charles, I w- I would pay the eight dollars. Like I know you would. If if, if the eight dollars meant I didn't have to see promoted ads, and maybe the eight dollars did away with like some of the bots, where like if I mention the word like instagram or photoshop i didn't get like 300 people in my dms yeah or if you say crypto you don't all of a sudden get 453 bot replies yeah like if it if it was a more exclusive company like i wasn't uh dealing with a whole bunch of bullshit i'd pay the eight dollars i use that all the time why wouldn't i
3: i I wouldn't i i mean i know you would and that you like twitter i don't really i just kind of glance at it from time to time i I like it Travis likes his money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's throw away $8 a month to use a fucking social media platform that I view as a cesspool.
0: <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a total fucking garbage fire, but it's fun.
3: Yeah. Can... Is it? It used to be. It's... <laughs> there was. There was a time when it was fun. But I feel like that time is
0: long past. It's kind of like the purge, Travis. It's a it's a everyday purge, uh, where you just go and you can like be an asshole all the time for fun. But I don't like being an asshole. No, I don't either. Why
3: well, I do? I know. Yeah, you do. That's the fun that you used to have on that website when it was still fun. Was oh, you being I a love dick it. to people I love and it. then starting some shit and then it, then it was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Travis. I have a really good pick of the week. Mike, you do my pick of the week? I do. Yeah, uh there's a there's a new app on my telephone uh called Bandle. B A N D L. Um, yeah, it's bandle.app. And it's fucking stupid, but they're all stupid. Like you know the world's and the hurdles and the what have yous. Uh but see the way Bandle works is like they'll give you the drums. And you'd be like, oh, I don't know what that is. And they're like, okay, well, we'll add the bass.
1: This is a pretty fun game. And
0: and then it's like, okay, well, you don't know it. Then you skip, and then you get another instrument. And you keep getting instruments until you can identify the song. It's like a MIDI file where they keep adding instruments of the chorus until you can guess the song. Uh, now I can't get it to shut the fuck up, Travis. Uh, it, it, it's playing on my phone, and I can't get it to stop. But yeah, Bandle.app, it's my new favorite dead, thing. I, I, now I do uh, I do Wordle, I do Hurdle, I do Waffle, and I do Bandle, Travis.
3: That's too much, but... Just think about all of the shit you can accomplish if you didn't do any of those <laughs> and also stayed off Twitter. <laughs> i I do
0: it when i'm pooping you do do not poop that often i poop quite a bit travis and i and i do but you you poop enough for four apps worth of shit well yeah i get through them really fast i'm really smart (laughs) like hurdle takes one second almost every day
3: oh my god yeah travis's pick of the week this week (laughs) is the uh Highly anticipated, at least by me and and fans of this series, fourth book in the John Dies at the End series. If this book exists, you are in the wrong universe by Jason Pargan, uh, uh, a.k.a. formerly known as David Wong, uh, his pseudonym, uh, the character in the John Dies at the End novels. This one is uh, the crew is uh, investigating – one of those weird you know you guys are familiar with those like they're not shopkins they're like those eggs and then you hatch them and then inside you don't know what the toy is There's a mystery then the toy, come, toy yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so that's
0: so a this, big thing with the kids now trevis they don't want to yeah, know what their toy they're, is they're, Definitely. My kids were
3: into it for a bit. So these guys are investigating an apparent haunted uh, one of these eggs. But in this this scenario, like you have to feed the eggs with like a phone app uh, and it intersects with like some weird satanic cultish thing trying to bring the end of the world. There's a bunch of fun time travel, uh, some weird resets and uh, continuity. And uh, it's just all together fun and paranormal if you've liked any of the john dies uh books which i highly implore you if you have not read them go to the first one or at least at the very least uh watch the motion picture john dies at the end directed by don coscarelli of phantasm fame uh, you will be a fan. These books are so, they already, so they, good. they've already turned so the uh, books into a movie or a show or something. The, first, the very first book was a movie. Uh, they have not done anything with the uh, the other ones, but uh, the bo- the books are amazing. They're very funny. It's said, a series that I find myself laughing out loud, uh, and my family looks at me because I'm sitting in my chair reading a book, and then I just, like, crack up and like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah, called? so uh, just finished it last night. Very, very good. Uh, Please- highly interesting. Anticipating his next book. Please tell me Sean Bean is John. Uh, No. <laughs> and spoiler alert, John does not die.
0: Oh. <laughs> Why'd they call the book that thing? That? that doesn't make sense.
1: Uh, does he die? Well, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You gotta read the book. Okay. All right. Okay. You gotta read the book. Okay. Drunks <laughs> pick of the week. Hand turkeys and flat drunks. Bring them in, baby.
3: Happy hand turkey month. Uh, dr- put your flat put your flat drunk next to your hand turkey, please.
0: Travis, do you want to do the uh
3: celebrity life pool? Yeah, uh Travis celebrity life pool for the week is uh I'm going young. I'm going very young this week. Uh I'm going uh 70-year-old John Goodman. Ooh. St. Louis's own. He's
0: 70? Yep. Looks great for 70. Does look great. St. Louis's own. Drunk? Drunks.
1: Life pool pick of the week. Checking in at a mild 91.
3: 91? <laughs> Captain Kirk William Shatner himself. Wow. Ooh, baby. That guy's got himself pickled. He's probably going 105. <laughs> Mike, you got a celebrity life pool pick of the week? Uh yeah, uh Paul Rudd he's fifty three.
1: Oh geez, you're, you're... God damn that dude looks so good. We're, we're, we're gonna have to figure out his punishment, Trav. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This this can't just be. Yeah, there's gonna be. There's a problem. You <laughs> got two months, guys, and you guys keep taking these ninety year olds like a bunch of fucking suckers. You're That's not seven weeks. Seven weeks left. Seven weeks for a ninety year old to drop dead. I'll take those odds. Yo
3: dude, you don't make yourself a bundle by betting the safe bet. <laughs> exactly. Also, I feel like next year we gotta do like every two weeks or something. I'm not gonna be able to pick like fifty-two of these yeah, motherfuckers exactly. next year. <laughs> it's gonna be more than fifty-two, Travis. We're doing multiple shows a week. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to do like one a month or yeah, maybe two a month. I don't know. We can't we can't do one a- we can't do one every show next year. <laughs>
0: Guys, we did it! Uh, fucking did it! Can you uh, believe it? Guys, check out Ryan Singer's special. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you later on down the road. Uh, take care. God bless you.
1: I'm Dil Danon.
0: Dahlman of WFOD. To enjoy our back catalog, visit WFODshow.com. Be sure to share the show with a friend. Thank you to our Patreon sponsors for their continued support. Uh, Bad Poet Society, the Rabbit Poundings, Valerie Carpenter, Brian Kranz, and our North Star, Liquid Lozenge. If you would like to donate to keep this pirate ship afloat, patreon.com slash wfodicks follow us on social media email any of us with your our name and uh at wfodshow.com in the end or leave us a voicemail at 636-487-HAND.com uh, we'll be back next week hey subscribe on youtube and uh, twitch or uh, apple podcasts or .com Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to it, subscribe to it so that you get the newest episodes. Uh, yeah, thanks. See you next week. Bye. Dot com.